Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Splash Play. We do fantasy. We do sports betting. We do prop bets. Today, we have a great show. J.J. Zacharyson, the late-round QB, will be joining us. Spags and I are tilting our showdown lineups. What do we got in store for the people today, Chris? I mean, one could say the main thing we have in store is better days than we had on Sunday, a day that will live in infamy in fantasy football. But today we've got J.J. Zacharyson. We've got the ride or die picks for all of Sunday's games. Got a little bit of talk about Thursday night football, the Cam Akers breakout game going on right now as we record, and a whole lot more fun for you guys. So, Pete, it's about that time for you to play our glorious intro. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Splash Play, the fantasy football podcast for every game under the sun. I'm Chris Spaggs, joined once again by the man you know and love from his social media presence. He's the comedy king. He's Peter Overzet. How are you doing, Pete? Doing good, man. Like uh, like we said at the top, uh, not a showdown slate uh, where I will most likely be winning. But other than that, uh, doing all right. Excited to talk to JJ. Always a fun dude to have on a show. It's a big time of year in fantasy football. The last few weeks we're going to have to to do the regular season that we know and love. We'll be around riding through the playoffs, doing the Splash Play show. So have no fear. We'll be here for you guys. But make sure you hit that like button and subscribe because we will be paying as close attention as anybody out there down this home stretch to help you get the best advice possible for both your season-long leagues, your DFS tournaments, all the things you're playing out there, cash games, um, prop betting, all the things that we talk about on the show. We'll keep it going throughout the Super Bowl. So have no fear. That'll keep going on. And make sure to follow at Splash Play Pod. The first thousand people on there get followed back on both Twitter and Instagram. So make sure that you are a part of our little community, our thriving hub at Splash Play Pod. And we wanted to real fast uh, get to some of the injuries that actually matter. So we have time here to, to make the most of JJ Zacharyson. And, and Pete, let's get right into the injuries here a week where I think it's worth pointing out no COVID rescheduled games. So that is one bright spot, I would say, out of the rest of the terribleness we've talked about recently in football. Yeah, I know these weeks just start to blur together with the Tuesday night football and Wednesday night football. So it's nice to get back to some normalcy because, yeah, and then the week before that we had Thanksgiving. So finally a normal week. Finally, a normal week. A lot of games out there. One guy uh, who is currently not practicing, which I might not be a big deal. It does seem like all the projection systems out there have him expected to go. But A.J. Brown, I think, is an interesting little matchup uh, situation here with him being out. Uh, we've seen Corey Davis have a bigger role really this year. His contract year that we talked about that last episode where he's shown off big. And it's a matchup, Pete, against Jacksonville where you'd expect Tennessee to be able to find some production. So A.J. Brown, first of all, do you think he gets in? And second of all, if he's not in... Are you team Corey Davis? Yeah, this one's tricky because this whole season he's been missing Thursday practices as a maintenance day, just no matter how healthy he is, they just have him take it off. So the fact that he missed Wednesday is definitely a red flag. So tomorrow will really be the make or break day. You know, if he's back, I think we're good. And if he misses again, then it's like, okay, yeah, this is an issue. I, um, I don't like it from a DFS perspective. Obviously, if you have Corey Davis in your season-long leagues and A.J. Brown is out, he's a great, great start. It just, the ownership is going to condense so heavily on him if A.J. Brown is out because he's had some really great games that it just makes it really hard how to attack that game in a smart way. So I'm definitely rooting for A.J. Brown to be back in and and spread that ownership around. But it's definitely a big domino. 
it does seem currently like Corey Davis already projects for a good amount of ownership. And I'm on the year, really, he's been, in terms of the yardage, been as productive as A.J. Brown. Just hasn't had the touchdown share. Uh, so maybe something to keep in mind if A.J. Brown uh, does miss this game somehow, though. As Pete mentioned, uh, could be something here where it's just a usual situation for him, maintaining that that delicate body of his that so big yet so delicate. Who would know? Uh, next injury up here, Christian McCaffrey. Petey's likely out again with a thigh issue. And at this point, he was a guy I thought would come back, be my bailout in my long-term season-long league, as well as a lot of people out there. And it just seems like this, we might not get him back this year at this point is how it looks. Yeah, and it, it's, it keeps end up ending up being new injuries and stuff popping up with him. At this point, it does feel like they should just shut him down. Uh, you know, protect your, one of your, you know, franchise assets here. Mike Davis has looked fine. You know, he's not Christian McCaffrey, but running back is, is fairly replaceable. And Mike Davis has had a good season. I, I say, even as someone who has Christian McCaffrey in leagues, just shut him down. Like this is kind of insane. You're not going to win the Super Bowl this year. Just, just put him on ice. I think the thing for me too that really jumps out with him, we have some other Panthers injuries to talk about with a couple guys on the COVID list and that receiving core that we know and love and have talked about a lot on the show this year. But McCaffrey, one thing that jumped out to me as a red flag in the beginning of quarantine was his Instagram presence with Olivia Culpo. And now, and I wrote a blog about it for the Awesome Side Action site, which, you know, does that kind of barstool type of content where you're talking about who's dating who and you make some jokes and whatever. And I joked about it like, oh, Christian McCaffrey's down around in my drafts. And then people were angrily tweeting me like, you weren't, you're serious about it because he's taking photos he's doing a quarantine prom with olivia and her friends he's doing uh he's wearing leather jackets and looking like he's in the, a reboot of the grease movie like it's just a, a look for me that looked bad and i feel like pete whenever these guys take that that leap of fame trying to get a level above we've kind of seen it with odell beckham i just feel like it's not it works out more poorly than not but that is not a data point to be clear that is just purely the old naked eye that i like to bring to the table here well, it's funny you mentioned that one because another guy we're going to talk about here has a similar kind of thing clouding his absence, which is Kenny Galladay. There was the infamous photo of him with the woman. You know, it looked like they were dancing, maybe a little bumping and grinding. And everyone's like, wait, how how, how is your hip, you know, in trouble if you're able to do this? So yeah, these guys, man, they, uh, if you're injured, we expect to see you in a wheelchair. Otherwise you got to get out of the field. Kenny Galladay, do you know that Brazilian butt dancing thing where they like kind of aggressively smash like a car wreck against the the other participant in the dance? Have you? I I don't know if you've seen this. And if I you, you know I don't you know kind of get into the weird crevices of the internet that you do, Spags. Kind of all that sick perverted stuff you're into. So no, I haven't actually seen that. It's one. It's like a very aggressive type of of dance where they like just. It's really just like smashing aggressively. Sura de bunda is what it's called, and um, it's, it has a Wikipedia page and everything, so it's not just a weird Pornhub rabbit hole that I'm going on here. Uh, but yeah, like that's what it is. Maybe she was just aggressively grinding against his hip and smashing it, and he's just a delicate little six five man who can't take that apparently. <laughs> I would read your Brazilian dance Kenny Galladay fan fiction. <laughs> it all started a sexy day at the Brazilian steakhouse. <laughs> he had loaded up on meat, and then things just got a little romantic from there. Uh, but Kenny Galladay out again, and Pete, another guy to me who it does seem maybe doesn't want to be in the mix this year for Detroit. Maybe uh, maybe he pushes himself back because Mac Patricia's gone has, has been a thing for Detroit. A lot of these players really did not like him as the coach. But um, do you think we see Galladay at all this year? Is there even a shot at this point? Yeah, I mean, it's that similar thing. Like, what, I, I believe he is some form of a free agent this year, too. I don't know if it's restricted or unrestricted. But yeah, I mean, if you're him, like, why would you be chomping at the bit to come back? I know some of these guys are just absolute gamers and they just want to play football, but it doesn't seem to make sense. So I don't really blame Kenny Galladay for not rushing back. 
Uh, I think the other interesting one is if we get DeAndre Swift or not. It looks like he's been limited back in practice. You know, he had the, the concussion stuff, but they keep labeling his current situation as an illness, which seems like weird when it also sounds like he's dealing with like very serious brain injury stuff. So that that one's even a little more interesting to me than Kenny Galladay because I don't think Galladay is going to play. Yeah, a little bit of harkening back to Javid Best, uh, another Lions back who uh, kept getting banged up, had some good runs and, and really a couple good games as the running back for Detroit. And uh, hopefully that's not the case for uh, DeAndre Swift, a guy really one of the best rookies, especially at running back this year. Uh, another injury speaking, I guess actually, no, uh, we didn't talk about the COVID part of the Panthers. DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. DJ Moore actually hurt his knee, I think, or somewhere in the leg extremities last week or that, their last game. They were on a bye last week. Um, so it does seem like a double whammy for Moore. And I think the projection system's I've seen have more expected to be out either because of COVID or that injury. And Curtis Samuel maybe makes it back in. I think these guys can test. They test pot or they test negatively for five days. I think they're in. So I don't know, Pete, do you know the COVID rules for me continue to be an enigma that I get confused by every single week? Yeah, I don't, I don't know the minutia on it. I just know like the sentiment I'm seeing is that Curtis Samuel is eligible to be back, but that DJ Moore uh, isn't. And I think because DJ Moore was the one who actually tested positive. So there's different protocols, whereas those other guys were just close contacts. So that's how I'm reading it. And man, yeah, Robbie Anderson, uh, you know, on DraftKings 6,200. I mean, he's going to be an absolute smash play if DJ Moore doesn't go. Yeah, a lot of ownership right now expected for Robbie Anderson, though. You know, not a great matchup against Denver in that one. So we'll see how that one uh, how that one shakes out as the week goes on. Uh, another injury, which I feel like we need to hit on uh, last week, Devontae Booker, a guy who looked good, maybe not as chalky as a lot of people have thought across the DFS streets, but Josh Jacobs expected back this week. So that saves me one potential headache of thinking, oh, should I go back to Booker now to get to get a little galaxy brain, Pete? But Josh Jacobs in, obviously, that's going to severely hurt Booker's output here. But any any sort of feel for the situation? I'm just, frankly, I'm just glad to have Devontae Booker out of my life again. Yeah, this is also a 4 p.m. game, which I is kind of fun because you can leave yourself some options. Uh, where if you know if it does come down to a game time decision, um, you can leave room for either of those. I assume both of them will be under owned if there is uncertainty surrounding there. Uh, but yeah, with Jacobs getting uh, upgraded to limited, it does seem like he will play, and we will all be saved from trying to buy the dip on Devontae Booker. Yeah, no, 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 no Devontae Booker for the rest of the year. Next year, I can revisit this. This year, I'd prefer to have that one go safely away. And one other running back injury that's important, Antonio Gibson, a, a foot injury, which I think is maybe turf toe adjacent or is actually turf toe, which uh, one of those injuries that sounds like, oh, your toe, you hurt on the grass? Like, what an asshole. But in reality, that's one of the, like, the more debilitating injuries, especially for a running back. And Pete, that means we're probably going to see a, a decently owned J.D. McKissick across the sites, certainly a better play on DraftKings uh, because of the PPR bonus there and and also Peyton Barber back in our lives after he befuddled you and one of our first numbers don't lie uh, he was back in the mix and these guys were basically at a timeshare with Gibson out last week yeah yeah it does seem like uh Barber will get the early work McKissick will continue in his pass catching role it's hard to envision McKissick getting even more <laughs> targets than he's been getting so I think it's more of a boost for Barber than anything uh pretty gross situation and uh, there we go. Oh, and good timing here. We have JJ Zacharyson joining us right now. How's it going, JJ? How are you enjoying this lovely Thursday night game we have going for us? Uh, it's it's pretty atrocious. I, I heard you guys talking about my father, JD McKissick, before I <laughs> hopped on. That was good to see. Uh, good, good to hear. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited for JD McKissick. I'm not very excited for the second half of this game, though. This game is not very entertaining. 
No, Cam Newton not looking the best so far. And here's the transition, JJ. We're going to throw you right into the fire. Got a lot of questions for you. Of course, people should be following you at Late Round QB. If they're not already following you, checking out all your work you do for FanDuel and Number Fire. But let's talk about uh, some numbers that don't lie, JJ, because you know the numbers as well as anybody. Pete, you know, sometimes struggles. He occasionally mixes up a one or a two. That's how it goes here. But the game, JJ, is that we, I give you guys three stats, and then two of them are true, one of them is false, and you have to guess. So, uh, Pete, any little precursors you want to give JJ? before we jump in yeah i always like to let our guests know that spags is a snake he's a weasel he will really try to deceive you it's not uh, about the spirit of the game and having fun it's about him pulling one over on us so just be aware okay. of his tricks okay i'm ready for this that's the kind of positive vibe that we bring as co-host <laughs> here on splash play jj so hopefully you're ready here this edition of numbers don't lie first stat up a guy who's playing in front of our eyes right now or playing if you want to call it that cam newton uh, he's playing as we record he's mostly looked awful but one stat that particularly jumps out for cam he's only thrown for over four uh, over 250 yards once this year his monster game against seattle's awful pass defense so pete you're seeing it right in front of our eyes set the table for jj here does this sound like a stat that could be true 250 i feel like he had one big passing game uh was it houston didn't he didn't jj didn't he toss for a ton against houston i think he did yeah yeah so i'm leaning towards this is false we'll see yeah, all right. Maybe it is. Maybe a trick. But JJ, does that sound? I mean, it sounds like you're on Pete's page here. But this stat may be the fake one. I I know that I know that he did it against Seattle. Uh, and then I I'm pretty sure there was that negative game script against Houston. He got a lot of garbage in that game. I think that was the game. Maybe maybe we'll find out next stat up. AJ Green, another older player. I guess the the theme of this one could be all washed up or potentially washed up guys. But AJ Green's been a disappointment this year, even relative to his age. One way you could tell he's washed up, besides a 44% catch rate, he has 1.8 yards after catch compared to 4.2 and 4.8 for his teammates Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins, respectively. So JJ, how does that sound for you? With volume, he's been there for AJ Green, but he looks about as bad as anybody out there. So is this one true? That sounds completely believable for AJ Green season. So yeah, I'm gonna say it's true. All right, Pete, how about you? Do you have a feel? Yeah, it feels it feels very true to me. Um, yes. All right, so here's one. Could be the trap, maybe not. Another older receiver, Alshon Jeffrey, seen less time on the field this year than usual. He's arguably been worse than his fellow elderly receiver, AJ Green. Jeffrey has a 50% drop ball rate during his Travis Fulgham ruining eight targets and 70 routes run. Pete, this is the little bit of a small sample size one, so a bit of a trap potentially, but how do you feel? Which stat's the fake one? See, you're playing into my biases here with these old guys where anything that is like a bad stat for an old guy, I'm like, yeah, that has to be yeah, right. Yeah. So I will say, yes, Jeffrey has a 50% drop ball rate. All right, JJ, how do you feel about this one? Is this is this stat also true or do you want to just identify the lie right away that we've talked about? Uh, I'm, I'm going to say this one is probably true as well. Yeah. So, you, so do you guys both still stick with the Cam Newton stat? I think so. so. Yeah, ahead, I'm saying... Ahead. You know, no, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think the Cam Newton, he's had to have had one game over 250. So he's actually had three games over yeah. it, but the other eight games ranging from 50 passing yards to uh, barely crossing the threshold of 200. So it actually has been pretty bad for Cam, I think, when you go through the numbers, but you guys are both right. You didn't take the bait here, and maybe you're both just biased against old receivers. Pete, I know you are especially. Yeah, I have uh, I have these issues with the JJ is better. I play in fantasy leagues with JJ. JJ is smart and scoops up value when it presents himself. And I just not wave these guys out of principle. Yeah, I mean, I'm usually wrong, though, with a lot of those older guys at this point. So 
I guess that's a good transition to our next little segment that we wanted to have JJ on here for. And and Pete, I feel like you give a little more color here, but uh, JJ's had a famous tweet that has come back up many times over the years and ties into this theme, perhaps, of the elderly players out there. So Pete, how about you set the table here for this little bit we're going to do with JJ? Yeah, I mean, one of JJ's public services he provides to everyone is letting people know when players have kind of shockingly retired. Sometimes, you know, mid-game, uh, I don't know who is retired in this game. JJ has, I haven't checked the stat lines. Is Cooper cup retired right now? Uh, he, he, he hasn't fully retired, but I think given the fact that new England has been so bad against slot guys and he's played a decent amount of snaps from the slot, obviously this year, I, I think that we could consider this a borderline retirement. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping, uh, that people were, were up to date and they saw that, that Cooper cup did indeed at least set the date and yeah. you know, set, set the date for the, for the retirement party. Um, but I don't think it's fully come to fruition yet. Maybe if the middle of the third quarter, nothing happens that that retirement might hit. Yeah. He's still consulting for the team on a limited right. basis, right. but right. he he's not on their insurance program. At, anymore. At he might be testing the microphone. We don't know for his Luke Gehrig speak, making sure there's just, just enough echo there to have it fully resonate. Yes. So I thought we could maybe go through, you know, now that we are on the cusp here of the fantasy playoffs, which have, you know, already started here with Thursday night football, some of the players, JJ, that have retired just before our eyes here before the fantasy playoffs. Like I'll throw out one. I mean, Christian McCaffrey at just such a ripe young age. Um, the fact for him to retire right before the fantasy playoffs, uh, it's been devastating and it was shocking. And it seems like he's living a great life. Spags mentioned his girlfriend, beautiful girlfriend. So um, do you have any other guys that you are, you know, very sad to report have abruptly retired here before the playoffs? Well, here's the thing. You know, everyone is talking about this Kenny Galladay hip injury. Uh, it's not really a hip, a hip injury, you guys. Uh, this is a full-blown retirement situation going on with Kenny Galladay. You know, he did enter the league a little bit old. You know, he was on the on the older side. I think he was 24 when he entered. Um, so, you know, being a, I think he's 27 now being a 27 year old wide receiver, you can understand, you know, the, the, he, you know, a lot of people will do the analysis and sit and say that, that he's hit his, his age peak right now. Um, but some people like to go out on top. And I think that right now we're seeing that with Kenny Galladay, this is not a hip injury folks. This is a full blown retirement. Do not expect him to ever touch the football field again. Yeah. That, I mean, that's that's the tough one with Kenny Galladay. We were speculating, JJ. I don't want to subject you to the awfulness that I subjected Pete to, but uh, you know, maybe a, a situation that he he couldn't handle the the thrusting going upon this hip. He has a little bit of a you know a delicate situation there that we might not have account for. That just the projections don't tell you. <laughs> JJ, I just got an idea for you because two of your bits that have triggered people the most are one Detroit fans calling Kenny Galladay yeah. Baby Tron. The people hate that, and your retired bits. Just bring I mean, it together. What if you call him retired Tron, you know, <laughs> yes. from now on, it just, yeah. everyone just goes crazy. <laughs> yes. There, there would be, there would be a angry people in my mentions 24 seven. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, I mean, you recently passed a hundred thousand followers on Twitter. I assume just having angry people in your mentions is just a standard default thing at all times. Yeah. You know, like, like five or six years ago, I would have to just constantly like go back and forth with these people because it was just like in me to do that. No, no, I just don't, I, I don't care. It's impossible <laughs> to care at this point. But yeah. I mean the, 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 the two groups though, that really do hate me most are people who, uh, here's the thing about the retirement tweets. I got to get this <laughs> off my chest. Okay. <laughs> Thing about the retirement tweets is I send the tweet, okay, 
And then the next day they linger because they get a lot of interaction now because there's a lot of people that are in on it. And it's a lot of fun, right? For for the 99% of people that, that are in on it and they enjoy it. And then there's like four or five people that follow me that are like, you're beating a dead horse, man. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of the point, buddy. <laughs> and, so, and so I get those responses. But then like the next day I get random people who are just searching for those players on Twitter and they come across that. And they get even more angry than the people who are following me who see those tweets all the time because they're very confused about why those guys retired. Those are actually the worst people. That's the, those are the worst people. In my mind. my favorite they're... genre of replies are the guys that are like, I've actually been Googling and I can't find any information. <laughs> yeah. You have a link. Yes. Like you should come up with some kind of like default landing page link that you could just update like in like one of the old geo sites pages. Yeah. yeah. Like, Betty Galladay retired. And you're like, it's right here, man. I don't know what it to tell really you. Just be a blurb page with different retirements that just pop up. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. We've, we've made a new project here, a, a roto blurb style uh, thing for <laughs> retirements. Wait, so JJ, I'm curious because if at those numbers and, you know, and I think we all know because, you know, Pete, myself, JJ, we all have a certain degree of following. And I agree that those those people who come in afterwards who uh, 24 to 48 hours, somebody tweeted me the other day about some videos I had done when I worked at Barstool from three and a half years ago and was like, you were a real dickhead in these and four tweets. I was like, are you kidding me? But for me, JJ, the move is just to mute and move on. I, I occasionally yeah. block if they seem particularly crazy. Like to me, if you're watching videos from four years ago and you're getting yeah. angry about it, I feel like there's a degree that there where I'm like, maybe this could go away. Are you a mute or a blocker or do you just take it in the face and just let them keep going? Uh, so I will say, you know, I, I've been around Twitter for a while uh, and I, I've been, I've tweeted a whole bunch. I, I think I only have, I think I say only, I have no context for this, but I think I've blocked like 45 people in total, which I feel like is not like a significant, significant amount as much as it could be. But I think I've muted probably 500 accounts. So my my, my go-to move is definitely to mute. I uh, generally, you know, like, here's the thing. If you block someone, especially the, the only time I will block, like you said, is when it's like some extreme, like when someone's like making fun of my daughter or something. And so like, just like, what are you doing with your life? Uh, it's, it's that situation where I'll, where I'll block. Uh, but because when you block someone, when you're just going back and forth about a football conversation and then you end up blocking them, then they get the satisfaction of like, oh, I got to them. Yeah. Right. And you can't have that. You need them to just shout into the abyss for the rest of their life. That's my strat. I'm a, I am I have zero people blocked. Zero. And wow, I have impressive hundreds and hundreds of people muted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I have pe people muted who I'm like friends with. Like, oh, I yeah. Just, of course. I just take anymore. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Those are the I ones you just... have to mute. Because if you unfollow them, that's just that's an yeah. indignity that they don't deserve for just being an annoying person. I would yeah, say. I've had, I've had Denny Carter muted for three years. <laughs> You, it's funny you were saying that you've been on uh, Twitter and tweet a lot. I was curious, checking some of our numbers here. So Spags, you have done 28,000 tweets. Okay, I, I'm, 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 I'm like quadruple that. Yeah, yeah. I have done 27,000 tweets. JJ, 106,000 tweets. Denny, 188,000 <laughs> tweets. What? That's because he would just always tweet, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. He has more shit posts than, than everybody. Oh, <laughs> my, my God. That's wild. The volume on there is crazy. I guess we should try to close out this bit so we can make sure to make the most of JJ's time on here. But, Pete, I'll take this next one. One guy who is not retired, but functionally he is going to be living the retirement life that I'll put into the mix. And, JJ, you give me the sample approval or not, but Carson Wentz is functionally oh, retired yeah. now, right? Like, he's going – like, what team will trade for that contract? I don't even know who would be dumb enough, but – He's going to be sitting on the pine here watching Jalen Hurts run around. Uh, even if he plays terribly, he's going to look better than Carson. I think to me, that is very much the time for, for old Carson to 
sit back, enjoy the fruits of his non-labor for the next seven years of his mega deal. Yeah, definitely retired. Definitely. Pete, you got one to add to the table here before we get to the ride or die picks? Man, um, I'm I'm really worried that we're gonna get a surprise Antonio Gibson retirement for the fantasy playoffs. Oh, we oh it's happening. I'm yeah. so sad. I'm Me so too. sad. I, I don't think I don't think I have a higher rostered player on my playoff teams this year. It's so gross. Awful. Yeah. Especially too, where like we see like one of the consistencies too is like we get one or two of these rookie running backs breaking out in the fantasy oh, yeah. playoffs. And then we look at JK Dobbins, who's like still playing like a 40% snap share. <laughs> Justice Antonio- Hill's getting more snaps now. Like yeah. what's going on? Yeah. I mean, Jonathan Taylor, who looked good last week, I think he only played 46% of the snaps. Like, are we not going to get a rookie breakout this playoffs? I guess Cam Akers. Maybe Cam maybe Akers. Cam Akers. Yeah. I feel like it's with Gibson. It's one of those things where he had that monster day against Dallas where you're like, oh man, like this is a taste of what it's going to be down the home stretch where we see guys, you know, have that breakout game and then they carry that momentum through. And it's just like, you know, it's a bit of a tease, a bit of a blue running back blue ball situation. I feel like for, for Antonio Gibson owners and, and, or, or managers out there who've had them all year. And, uh, uh, any other ones Pete to add to the, the equation or JJ, I guess, if you have any more formal retirements to declare here before we move on. I think I'm good. I just need to get the Kenny Galladay one off my chest. <laughs> yeah, that's the, terrible. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I can't even do. It. I mean, Joe, I, Joe Mixon's a border. I mean, Joe ooh, Mixon's an easy a one, really good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like like Mixon, Mixon actually retired in like week seven. We just you know no no one got the the invite to the party. So the, the Dio mustache has been the thing we've talked about on the show many times. You see that headshot pop up, and you just know that this is a, a mustache of an alpha male that Joe Mixon just couldn't look him in the face every day. And I think that's what's so tilting about the Galladay and Mixon is you just assume every week, oh, they're going to be back. They've gotten their rest. And then it just goes on and on. You're like, oh, they are retired. The worst part with like Mixon was that he wasn't on IR for so long. So you you had, you know, on like Yahoo or ESPN or wherever, you had to have him, have him on your bench and then you can't put him on IR until later in the week. Just so frustrating. Gross. Yeah, the summary of the year there, but uh, make sure you guys hit that like button and subscribe. And and JJ, quick, any plugs that you want to get out there? Obviously, at Late Round QB, you do the Living the Stream. You do a ton of content for both FanDuel and Number Fire. So uh, please get the plugs out there real fast. Yeah, uh, the Late Round Podcast would be the other one, uh, which can be found anywhere podcasts can be found. All right. And uh, and Pete, I guess, you, should we do the troll player real fast and then go into the rider dies or do we want to do Yeah, let's, let's do I uh, I prepped uh, JJ on the troll play. Let's uh, Let's get the troll play in here. All right, so the troll play of the week, of course, the time where we figure out uh, who's going to really just hurt everybody across season long and DFS across all the sites out there. Of course, JJ representing FanDuel, a great site to be playing with a really fantastic deals on just playing tournaments with high dollars out there. That's one way they've made a difference, getting the casual players in there. So make sure you're playing on FanDuel alongside JJ and us. Uh, but let's talk about the troll play of the week. And and Pete, set the table here for JJ with your pick because you know the data as well as anybody out there. So tell us who's going to troll us all. Yeah, it's interesting, like looking at current ownership projections, it doesn't seem like we're getting like a 40, 50% play. Uh, and I actually use this one as the example for JJ, but Devonte Adams right now looks like he's going to be the most popular guy. And it feels like we're going to get the MVS week. We're going to get the MVS touchdown. He has the same opportunity every week, and it's just whether he catches the 90-yard ball for a touchdown or not. So I'm going MVS troll week here. That's a very logical one. They go into the other receiver in a, a spot where the other receiver is going to be very highly owned. So JJ, that's the pick that's now off the table. So any other troll plays jumping out to you? 
Uh, I was actually going to talk about Adams. I can I can think of one if you want to if you want to go. No, double, double down on it then, because now we're talking double troll equity. That's well. What I, I was actually going to bring up Adams later too. I, I think that it's it's just one of those spots where you can easily see it being an Aaron Jones day or or a, a strong rushing day for that Green Bay offense. You know, against a defense that's just been horrendous against stopping the run. Yeah, and Adams is now at a price point where if he gets you eight catches for 80 yards on the TD, like you're still screwed. So I think yeah, that's exactly. yeah. a tough one there. And and for me, the one which I think, you know, Dalvin on FanDuel is going to be an interesting play this week where the price people won't be getting there a bunch, but ownership on the other sites as well looking pretty low. But but Dalvin Cook, him going off this week after a couple of down by his standards week, going off against the Bucks, who we know are a team that shuts down the run, people afraid to play running backs against them. To me, him going off and breaking the slate at, you know, five to 10% ownership on the site it's like that to me just screams troll play of all troll plays this week let's do it yeah i mean man those the price tags on those guys it, it trips me up when they're expensive and popular but if if dalvin flies under the radar a little bit because people balk at that price tag i definitely think there's merit and so there's a couple troll picks for you guys out there. So make sure you're hitting that like button and subscribing on YouTube and give us five stars and a review in Apple Podcasts if you're out there because that means a bunch. And I want to get to the ride or die plays, but JJ, one quick thing here because one thing that we share in common, which maybe you don't even know, was that uh, we both have been the play-by-play voice of Madden's uh, tournament for Fandle before. And uh, I know you guys did your your different version of it where we had some players that jumped out. And I'm just curious, is there anybody who in Madden really had one of those days that was crazy? Because for me, we had one slate where Devin Funches had, I think, 250 <laughs> yards and three touchdowns. And who knows? Like, he could have been Devontae Adams this year. We just don't know because he opted out. Yeah, we uh, well, one thing that was really hilarious was that Zach Ertz was terrible in all of our streams. Uh, but one was there was one that we did uh, where I think because we did like the multiverse, so we had like different scenarios where like guys switch teams and stuff. It was really fun. Like we had what if Drew Brees retired and Taysom Hill is actually the starter and he faced Atlanta. It was like the exact same scenario as what happened the first week. Like, we had a ton of stuff. Like we had Cam Newton joining the Patriots before he joined the Patriots too. But like Taysom Hill threw a pick six on his first pass in that simulation. <laughs> uh, but one of them, Wayne Gallman went nuts whenever whenever he was uh, the starter uh, for the Giants. We had some Saquon Barkley situation. Uh, but Wayne Gallman was like was like balling out and mad. <laughs> so you guys actually were a little more accurate with yours. Where I I, I don't think Devin Funches was putting up uh, Tyreek Hill numbers this year, even if no. he were. And I'd like to believe it's possible, but I don't think that was happening. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> would have been a nice one for him. But guys, it's that time for the ride or die picks. So uh, make sure you hit that like button and subscribe. And let's get into the first game here. Actually, this one I didn't see a total on the site that I usually pull it from. So this is a weird one to start with. But Denver and Carolina. I think they're waiting for the injury news on the site that I usually pull the data from here, but. Uh, let's see. Let me just pull up the, the spread here. Unless either of you guys, I assume you both don't know this one offhand, but, uh, my, I, my spreadsheet, when I pulled in my stuff, didn't have it yet either. Yeah. So it's a four point spread, but no total is what I, I think, think I, I saw the total maybe at 46 and a half. Oh, okay. That seems aggressive for yeah. Okay. So that one's a, maybe a more aggressive total than I, I would have be thought offhand, but four point spread. We'll see. Just watch this one closely. So maybe don't take the over under bet for this one, but yeah. a pizza at the table for this first game for how we do our ride or die picks around here. Yeah, so I was letting JJ know what we do here. We can pick anything. It can be a DFS play. It can be over a certain amount of fantasy points. It can be a spread pet, anything you want. But we rate them on aggressiveness. The reason we had to do this is because Spags was doing little bunny layups. I was chucking three-pointers, and I said, no, 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 we need to level the playing field so far. And uh, I implemented this very arbitrary scoring system. So that those are the rules. And you are in a good spot, JJ, because we had Salvetri on last week just absolutely demolished us 
in this competition. So the guests are riding hot. Yeah, but that means that, that means regression's gonna hit and I'm just gonna get destroyed <laughs> in this game. So am I am I going first then with Carolina here? Let's give you, yeah, we'll give you the honors here. All right. Uh I'm gonna say Robbie Anderson goes over 120 yards in this game. Ooh. Uh and I also kind of want to parlay this. Can I parlay? Is that is yeah. that a thing? Yeah. All right. Love it. I'm gonna I'm gonna parlay Robbie Anderson goes over 120 yards and that the Panthers are a top eight fantasy defense this week. Wow. Okay. All right, and I, I'm doing I'm doing that. They got the Denver has a banged up secondary. AJ Boye now is suspended, uh, and then you have this COVID situation where apparently Robbie Anderson hasn't been affected by COVID, but there's a chance that <laughs> DJ Moore misses time, Curtis Samuel misses time, could just be peppered with targets, and that's against a bad secondary. So I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with Robbie this week, and I think Carolina's defense. I mean Drew Locke, obviously, you know turnover machine, loves to chuck it deep, and uh, that's that's gonna help a, a defense out. Spags, I feel like with the parlay, I'm trying to see what kind of like the what I, Robbie, I think it's a ten pointer. I think it's I think, a ten yeah. pointer. Yeah, with the yeah. parlay. All right, I'll, I'll take it. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, he's a little bit on your EV, but you're gaining a bit here in our hearts and minds. Okay, <laughs> no, I that, dig it. That's a, that's a for sure ten pointer because I'm seeing like median projection seventy five receiving yards for Robbie. So that slam dunk ten pointer. Okay. All right, Pete, what do you want on this one? I'll let you go first. Yeah, I want to do something with the Denver side. I feel like uh, all of these guys are in decent spots i will try to come over the top of jj i will say jerry judy outscores robbie anderson uh oh, this man. week okay jerry see, see, man that negative correlation man i'm just like come on this this is what spags does to me i'll do a pick and he won't have one and he'll just take the opposite of me to spite me yeah right yeah that's the, that's the wise move for this game. Sometimes it goes south. Pete won last week, but uh, well, not including Sal. So even on a week, Pete, where you win, it's still <laughs> it's still kind of. I, I don't care about. I want our guests to have a great time. I just want to beat you, Chris. That's all I wanted. <laughs> that's fine. Speaking of beating me, I guess um, you know, just let let's all get get weird here. Come together in a group cuddle with our picks, and I'll take Tim Patrick outscores Robbie Anderson. Wow, <laughs> we're all coming, coming at me. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> We're going to bring a fourth guest on just so we can have them take another Bronco to outscore Robbie Anderson. <laughs> it's funny because Robbie Anderson, too, JJ, has been our mascot for this We love podcast. Robbie Anderson. Yeah, he's, like the he's like the safest like yardage prop pick that you can possibly find. But obviously, I, I kind of kind of up that a bit. You with turned us into yards. monsters is what you did. <laughs> Next game up. We'll see if that positive energy continues on here. Dallas getting 23 implied points at Cincinnati, getting 19 and a half implied points over under 42.5 in this one. And Pete, it's your turn to go first. All right, man. They, I, I love doing these, uh, you know, going against my prejudices and my biases. I will say T Higgins with Brandon Allen at quarterback outscores Ezekiel Elliott in this game. Okay, so. Zeke, Zeke, Zeke added to the injury report though, I think today. So, oh, so I, that's, I, so that I didn't see that. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think I might've just like, like slightly seen that, but I did. Yeah. I honestly didn't see that. His, his quote was that he's tough and it's fine. I think it's a contusion. And so he's like, yeah, yeah I, I mean, he's probably, he's probably going to be fine. Yeah. yeah the, the toughest guy in belly shirts that I've ever known. Um, I will say for my pick in this one, uh, oh God, I, I guess I'll take Amari Cooper over 20 fantasy points. I, I'm still mad at Michael Gallup and I guess he's really been the apple of the eye recently, but Amari's due for something to be better here. And um, that's, that's my play. JJ, what do you want here in this game? So I really wanted to go in the direction of the Dalton revenge game, uh, but I, but I didn't because Andy Dalton sucks under pressure. Uh, <laughs> so instead I couldn't think of anything for this. So instead I went to number fire and I said, what's their favorite. And one of their five-star bets this week was over in this game, 42 and a half. So I'm going to take that. Okay, there yeah. you go. 
Yeah, not not a high line this with that 42 and a half total. So uh, could be an easy one to hit. Next game up, a game with a higher total. Kansas City getting 28.5 implied points, maybe a little bit lower than you might expect. Going into Miami, 21 implied points on their end, over under a 49.5 in this one. And I guess I have the first pick. And uh, God, boy, this is not great. Um, Pete, what do you give? What do you give me for Travis Kelsey in this matchup? That um, I don't know. What over twenty is? I think going to be his projection. So it's got. Yeah, be I'm still projecting like eighteen fantasy points. So you're going to need to get spicier than that. All right. Uh, actually, you know what? I'll go Tyreek. I'll go Tyreek. Goes back on track this week and gets a thirty fantasy point day. Is that enough for you, Pete? Yeah. Okay. So the, I'll take that. Uh, JJ, what do you want in this game? I am going Miles Gaskin. Goes over 21 PPR points, which would be a season high for him. Uh, but he's going up against Kansas City, 11th best matchup when looking at adjusted fantasy points allowed. Uh, and obviously, you know, I think Miami's going to have to take a more conservative, you know, uh, run game, uh, heavy run game approach against this Kansas City team. Uh, and Gaskin, you know, his, his backfield share numbers are decent. It's just a matter of him finding the, I mean, last week was super tilting, but, you know, it's just a matter of him finding the end zone. Hopefully he's healthy enough to. I like this Dolphins defense. I think they're going to give the Chiefs some problems, which I know sounds crazy. I will say, and this is so spicy, Devontae Parker outscores Tyreek Hill this game. Ooh. I, with Tua throwing it, I just find it so hard for that to happen. And like if it's Patrick's in there, I see it all the time. But I think it's also interesting, too, that Kansas City, you know, two and a half points under where they usually are in terms of their Vegas total, like 28 and a half is pretty low by Kansas City standards. So give me some merits to your guys' picks. Next game up, Arizona getting 23.3 implied points at the Giants, getting 21.8 implied points over under on 45 in this one. And Pete, you're up first. Yeah, this one is crazy. I was like looking at ownership and just no one wants to play Cardinals. Like everyone is just out on the Cardinals right now. Uh, I still like DeAndre Hopkins a lot. I will say, what do I need? Spags? I, I probably can't get DeAndre over 20. He's um, 25 as well, I would think. All right, I'll do DeAndre Hopkins over 25 fantasy points. All right, JJ, what do you want? I'm going to go uh, a lower key player. I'm going to go Chase Edmonds over mm. four and a half receptions in this game, uh, mainly because, well, Kenyon Drake, I think, is a little bit banged up right now. But but regardless of that, uh, the Giants have given up the second most receptions to running backs this year, and they've allowed the second uh, highest percentage of r- yards to go to running backs this year in the league behind only the Packers. So I, I like Chase and sort of, you know, usually we, we sort of go after a Chase Edmonds type if there's like a clear negative game script. But I think this is just the matchup play. All right, and I think for me, I think people will continue to chase some of the Evan Ingram positive results here, but Sterling Shepard, I think, might have the best matchup on the board, getting a good amount of Drake Kirkpatrick. So uh, I don't love anything in this game, but I think Sterling Shepard over 20 fantasy points. Why not? He won't be too highly owned anywhere. So that's a good one. Next game up, Houston, 23 implied points at Chicago, 22 implied points for them, 45 point over under. And JJ, I think it's your turn to go first. Honestly, we just do this randomly, and I forget whose turn it is. So. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> JJ's turn. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. Uh, I'm going to go Darnell Mooney outscores Brandon Cooks this week. Mm. Uh, Mooney Mooney's 10th in the league in, in 15-plus air yard uh, targets this year. Regressions, I mean, it's going to hit eventually, right? Eventually, air yards are going to are, are gonna uh, uh, help, help Darnell Mooney out. But also, Houston without Bradley Roby has just been pretty bad in their two games. You know, Jake Luton tore them up. Philip Rivers looked good last week. I think Mooney could have a good game. All right, Pete, what do you want on this one? I want a short David Montgomery. I, I just <laughs> want to bet against this guy so bad. However, I can do it. I'm wondering how spicy can I get? I almost said Cole Komet outscores David Montgomery. 
But I, but I need to make sure people don't respond to when we post these and they're like, is Peter trolling with these picks? <laughs> like, kind of. Um, I will say David Johnson outscores David Montgomery this week. Okay, I mean, I honestly, Pete, I swear I wasn't planning this, but I, this was going to be my pick anyway. But just love the matchup for David Montgomery this week going against Houston. <laughs> of course you do, you so, sloppy. Um, I will take that he is in the the million dollar tournament on FanDuel and on other sites as well. I think that's the the move for David Montgomery, and he's he's fantastic. I don't know why you would ever question <laughs> that. Is I, I forgot to mention that one, JJ. You can get a ten pointer if you say that the guy is in the winning uh, Millie Maker lineup. Mm, so okay. uh, it you know it's Spags' little cheat way out of here to try to get a hot take pick. Yeah, also a way that really helps the people out there, JJ, because they win a million dollars with this pick. I think that's sort of the important part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, next game up, Minnesota getting 23 implied points. Tampa Bay, 29.5 implied points over under 52 and a half. That's been uh, steamed up a point throughout the week. And uh, I, I will go first on this one, I guess. And I'll, I'll back my troll pick here because why not? After he's killed me the last two weeks, Dalvin Cook also in that million dollar lineup across all the sites out there. I just feel like his price points weird enough that nobody's going to get there. And, and that's the week that he's going to put it down on everybody. So there you go. JJ, follow that one up. Yeah, I'm going to keep it basic here. I'm just going to hit the over. Uh, <laughs> Minnesota, I don't think Minnesota is going to be able to, to to run the ball like they want to uh, in this game. Both teams actually run at a pretty fast pace too. Uh, that's probably why the, the line has moved the way that it has. But I think it's a really good spot for this game to shoot out. So I'm just going to hit the over. All right, Pete, what do you want? Yeah, I'm going to try to play the injury news a little bit. Mike Evans uh, downgraded today, didn't practice I am going to say that Antonio Brown outscores both Vikings wide receivers, Justin Jefferson like and Adam Thielen. I was going to go the AB route too. I like that. That's sneaky. Also, by the way, well, this game is still going on and Cam Akers is destroying the Patriots like single-handedly. It's amazing to see. This is the breakout game that you've wanted all year, Pete. Yeah, um, it's too late for me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, preaching to the choir. All the best ball lineups out there. Rest in peace. For anybody who's been following my chronicles there, uh, Pete, just so you know, I finished in third uh, despite having a 40-point advantage heading into the week. This breaks so many of my rules, but JJ and like the FFPC pros versus Joes, you know, I did my classic zero RB and I have like an Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Calvin Ridley team, but Cam Akers was my first running back. So this is this is all coming far, far too late. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, you know what, Pete? You get uh, back on track with our next game, Tennessee getting 30.8 implied points at Jacksonville, 21.8 implied points, a nine-point dog at home, 52.5 point over-under, and I think, Pete, we are back to you going first. I, I mean, I know what's going to happen this week. Derrick Henry is going to be super popular. I'm going to decide I have to fade him. He's going to go for 40 points, so I'll just continue to double down. I will say James Robinson outscores Derrick Henry this week. That's like a three-pointer, right? It's a three-pointer. Yeah, I, the yeah. projection I'm looking at, 23 points, Derrick Henry, 19 points, James Robinson. I'm actually seeing James Robinson, 21, and then Derrick Henry, 20.2 with Osimos. Well, Osimo <laughs> is... Uh, I'll still give it to you because I think you know, you're know you going, you're being smart. You're playing against the the player's headspace there. Uh, JJ, on, you can go next let Jay, Yeah, Actually, I don't want to make him put him in a tough spot. Do you think that's a one-pointer or a three-pointer? Where do you have your projections? Do you do you have projections on this? Yeah, I don't, I don't have it on, on, in front of me right oh, now. Oh, no worries. Just, uh, just, I would I would probably say that's closer to a one pointer. Okay, I'll um, take the one. If JJ, well, it depends. Play. What would you like? Because mine for this game is that Mike Lennon's going to throw for three plus touchdowns. <laughs> so, so like like that that to me is like a probably like a three, right? Is that he, is that like a three or is that, that the okay, reason that's a good? 
no, no. This is an issue we have with my scoring system. Is te- in my mind, that's like a five or a six. But, but we only how, do- I feel like that's how so many of mine are. Is like like in that range, right? Yeah, right. but we're locked into the scoring system, so it is a three. I, I hate <laughs> yeah, to say yeah, it. That's fine. That's fine. It's gonna happen. I started him over Jared Goff's, so and that 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 rushing really. Oh, I swear, I swear to God. Yeah, I, I did it. it. I did it in, in. I mean, it was an SFB, so it was like whatever. But uh, wow. yeah, I did. I did it over Goff, and then Goff got that rushing touchdown at the beginning of the game, and I, I was You're tilting. Yeah, Tennessee quietly a terrible pass defense, so I get terrible. it. You know, and I'll, I'll, you know, I'll correlate with JJ's pick here, and I'll take a DJ Chark over twenty fantasy points this week. Uh, he would be the biggest beneficiary, I think, if this offense goes off, unless more balls ricochet off guys' backs, and then Biscuit yeah. can have a great week, Pete. I mean, no, I mean, Visca, I mean, it's manifest destiny with that guy. The ball just finds a way into his hands. Visca's doing dude perfect touchdowns out there. Just doing <laughs> trick shots every week. That's how talented he is. Next game up, the Jets getting 17 implied points at Seattle. A 13 and a half point favorite at home. 30.5 implied points over under a 47 and a half in this one. And JJ, I think you're up first. And if you want to take Sam Darnold, nobody's going to stop you. Yeah, look, I had a, I had a rough time with like thinking about this game because because realistically, like the Seahawks could could put up 51 points and no one would would blink, right? Uh, but the Seahawks have just been a completely different team the second half of the season playing better defense being a little bit more conservative I'm still going with Russ throwing three touchdowns in this game which might not sound that hot but he hasn't done that since week eight so I'm going to throw that out there that that Russ throws for three touchdowns in this game I actually also I wanted to go Jamison Crowder and have a hot take that said to say that he would uh lead this game in receiving yards uh, but he's now on the injury report. So I don't, Oh, throw. he is. I yeah. That. Yeah. I okay. love that. I love that matchup uh, in the slot, you know, no Denzel Mims. Uh, but I, you know, I don't think I can go that hot with, with him on the injury report. Ooh, nice Braxton Barrios week coming up then. If yes. James can't make it yes. in. Uh, Pete, I actually, I'll go, I'll go ahead of you, Pete here. I'll take, I'll take Brashad Perriman getting over 20 fantasy points this week. I, you know, no Mims. We know Pete has talked before on here. We've all talked about here. Uh, Mims getting a ton of air yards. He's out due to a personal emergency. So Perriman's going to benefit somehow when the Jets are behind five touchdowns. So I think that's going to go to Perriman. This is just setting up so perfect for my take going against Spags. Everything is going to condense on Brashad Perriman. Everyone's going to play him this week without Mims in, with Crowder on the injury report. My hot take, Jacob Hollister outscores Brashad Perriman. Oh, my God. This guy's so... I'm a a Hollister stan, so I got to love... I love this. Noted deep ball guy, Jacob Hollister. (laughs) You're going to be so tilted when the Seahawks put up 51 and Jacob Hollister just falls into 20. Here's the thing. If if Brashad Perriman catches one deep ball in this game, Jacob Hollister needs 17 (laughs) targets to to match that that one play. This is the week against the Jets. That's what Waller had last week. I mean, it's, it's time for Hollister. That's true. If one tight end was good, that means that the next guy who just happens to be playing tight end is going to be amazing. Yeah, especially like if it's one. Darren Waller to Jacob Hollister. <laughs> yeah, same drop off They're all the same. It's a flow chart, guys. All that matters is the flow chart. <laughs> uh, next game up here, Indianapolis getting 26 and a half implied points at Vegas. 24 implied points for them. 50 and a half point over under. That's come down a point throughout the week. And I honestly don't know who's supposed to go first. So back to you, JJ. Yeah, I mean, I had another tough one with this uh, game. I just couldn't really figure out what direction I wanted to go in. And I even talked down Jonathan Taylor on my podcast this week. So I'm going to hedge that a little bit. Uh, wow, say, hedging say, across podcasts. Yeah, yeah, and say that Jonathan Taylor scores more PPR points than any running back in this game combined. Ooh, like okay. all of them combined. Yeah. So and that, that's all, you know, Vegas top three matchup and adjusted fantasy points allowed that you can run on them, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to roll with uh, JT here. All right, Pete, what do you want? 
Yeah, I want to continue to bet against overperforming dusty old guys. I I will say Michael Pittman outscores T.Y. Hilton. That's like in between a one and a three. Will you give me a three? Oh, um I'll give you a three just because you know I'm a T.Y. Hilton fan. I think he's I think he's it's great that he's getting these results finally after I lost so much money on him in the first half of the season. That was great. What side would you be on there, JJ? Uh, what with the one and the three? No, no, no. Which which side would you like, Hilton or Pittman points this week? I I keep picking hit, uh, Pittman, so I I mean I I guess Pittman, but right. uh, I mean like the thing with T Y Hilton, he only he's only seen this like spiked in tar- spike in target share this past week, really. Uh, and so you know Pittman's been a little bit more consistent, but um, yeah, I mean it can go in either direction. The touchdown but, equity is there, as we always like to cling yes. to when we talk in DFS shows. It's there for T.Y. Hilton, but I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to say Josh Jacobs gets... Uh, we haven't done this prop, but I feel like it should be one. Pete, if Josh Jacobs gets two touchdowns, what do I get here? I mean, again, that is technically like a five or a six. No, two touchdowns. Yeah, I'll give you 10 for that. Okay, I, I'll, I'll, I'll gladly it. accept that 10. That feels like Don't aggressive. you think that's a 10? I mean, JJ, that's like a what? Like a ten sub ten percent likelihood, Josh Jacobs gets two touchdowns. Yeah, I think that's. I think I think we can give him a ten. We'll give him a ten. You gave me right. three for the Pittman over Hilton. We're all feeling generous. It's the yeah. holidays. Let's go. We're all, we are all feeling generous. That that spirit is in the air. So make sure you're feeling generous too, and hit that like button and subscribe on YouTube if you're watching. Uh, next game up, Green Bay, a sky high thirty two point implied total here, and a game with a fifty five point over under. Going to Detroit, twenty three implied points for their end. And uh, Pete, you can go first. Will you give me 25 points if MVS outscores Devontae Adams? <laughs> 25 feels like a lot. I'd give you 10 for it. I'll, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you 14. <laughs> okay, I'm on JJ's separate scoring app. I, I'm taking MVS over Devontae Adams just to trigger people when you post this screenshot. Like, what is this guy thinking? <laughs> That's like a what is the the auction show that everybody always cites on like and on the internet I, that I've never watched before, but I feel like that's they just completely undershot me there by a couple points and screwed up the game. Yeah, what was that pawn pawn stars? Pawn shop, yeah, pawn stars, pawn yeah. pawn pawn shop team family. Uh, JJ, what do you want on this one? Uh, I was gonna go Aaron Jones scores more than Devonte Adams, but I'm just gonna say Aaron Jones is part of the winning Millie Maker lineup. I really undercut you when I came in with MBS outscores, and you're like, "Well, this take isn't hot anymore." <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I can't go Aaron Jones over Devonte Adams. I'll just stays in the lineup. Uh, I guess for my end, I will take. Uh, <laughs> Quinn's has Cephas over 15 fantasy points. I, I dig that. I like that. Wow. I got to throw to somebody out there, and I, I would think you cover Marvin Jones, right? Just like Quinn's has do whatever he wants. There you go. When we build our swole cast lineup on uh, on Wednesday, we put Muhammad Sanu in there. So, I mean, you could do worse. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> There's a surprising amount of Danny Amendola fans out there. I don't know if you guys have encountered this during your shows, but people get really mad. Like I, I was wrong about Amendola's injury status this week. And some guy was like, how do you not know Danny oh, Amendola? Yes. He's crucial. No one, no <laughs> one. If you look at the expected roster rate to actual roster rate and casual fantasy leagues, no one exceeds that more than Danny Amendola. I mean, he is rostered in every casual league for absolutely no. He gets drafted in every home league that I do every single year. <laughs> That's maybe you want. Yeah, I was trying to figure out how this at the nexus of, you know, you alienated the Detroit community with your baby Tron. Maybe you win them back over with some Amandola love. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> 
people love a scrappy slot white receiver. Like I feel like that's just oh, yeah. the thing in, in fantasy football. Uh, next game up here, uh, Atlanta, 26 implied points. The Chargers, 23.5 implied points. Over under a 49 and a half in this one. And uh, JJ, just feels like you're due to go first. Yeah, I had it somewhere. Oh, here it is. Uh, I have Mike Williams tops 100 yards in this game. He hasn't Ooh. done he hasn't done that in a single game this year with Keenan Allen because he did it in that New Orleans game when Keenan Allen got hurt. Uh, but this is a game, you know, he has the the third highest A dot among relevant wideouts this year. Pete's boy, Marquez Valdez Scantling, uh, <laughs> is is ahead of him. Uh, but the Falcons have allowed uh the most completions on 15 plus air yard throws this season. So a big play could happen. So I think you can top 100 yards. All right. Uh, and, and this one, I'm just going to take the over. I, I like Justin Herbert a lot, but not enough to make a bet there. I just, this feels to me like one, I don't know how this isn't over 50, 49 and a half seems like Damn, a, yeah. a discount. So yeah. uh, Pete, what do you want? I, I'm also taking a one pointer, very uncharacteristic of me. I normally don't bet like early in the week, you know, sometimes I'll splash around on a Sunday. I looked at this line and I was like, how are the chargers two and a half point home dogs to the Atlanta Falcons. Like, I feel like the Anthony Lynn slander or whatever has just gone way too far. Like, I think they're a better team and they're at home. I'm taking the Chargers with the points here. All right, next game up, New Orleans, 25.3 implied points at Philadelphia, 18.3 implied points for them. And Jalen Hurts' first starter, uh, really first meaningful run here that he'll be getting, uh, 43 and a half point over under. And I think I'm due to go first. And I, man, I there's nothing to like on this Philadelphia side either, but I'll take, um, I'll take Alvin Kamara over 20 fantasy points. Pete, what is, what is that for you? Cause that's, that doesn't happen very much that, recently. That's a three pointer. Okay, I'll, I'll yeah. take that. Uh, Pete, what do you want? Yeah, man, this game is kind of gross. Uh, I still kind of like Taysom Hill. I will say Taysom Hill, uh, top five quarterback on the week. All right, JJ, how about you? I want to know what the rushing yard line for Taysom Hill would have to be for me to take the over and get 10 points out of it. All right, let me look at, I always look at. Uh, I think his line is only like, it, not. I shouldn't say only, it's like 45 and a half or something like that I saw earlier. Okay. To get to 10 feels like 75. Okay, I'll take, I'll take the over, over 75 rushing yards for Taysom Hill. Does that seem fair? Well, what did he, at JJ is just absolutely <laughs> hustling us right now. <laughs> Smashing the over. He had 83 yards last week, Spags. Oh, okay. He did. I, well, okay, so I, I will say yeah. this. On my sheet, I put 90. <laughs> so, 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 no, I gave you a bargain there, and you took it. That's fair. Yeah, I, look, I, I, I'm I'll put 80. Let's do, let's do it. We'll be in the middle. We'll do 80. 80 rushing yards for, for the 10-pointer. Okay. Um, yeah. Philadelphia, sure. Philadelphia this year, they gave up 108 yards to Lamar Jackson, 92 to Daniel Jones, and then 64 to Daniel Jones. So I'm hoping that that they're just bad. I guess you just made a case for it to be a three pointer, JJ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently. You should the defense but, should have rested on that one. It's like well, it's like the undoing. You shouldn't call Nicole Kidman up. Yeah. I, I can't I can't argue with JJ. If JJ walks into our show and says, Give me a goddamn 10 pointer on Taysom Hill doing what every other quarterback has done, I'm just gonna let him do it. <laughs> uh Pete, do you have I, you haven't taken one, right? No, I did. I took Taysom Hill top five quarterback oh, yeah, because he's, he's going to get 140 rushing yards. <laughs> <laughs> they correlate well, your two plays. Uh, next game up, the last game of the main slate on Sunday, Washington getting 20 implied points. San Francisco getting 23 implied points on their end, 43 point over under, not the highest in this one. Uh, JJ, you can take the first one. Yeah, revenge game. Jordan Reed over one half touchdown. Ooh. Ooh. All right, Pete, what about you? Man, um... 
I love, you know what? I feel like people have forgotten that Terry McLaurin is good at yeah. football. I feel like the past couple of weeks, because he hasn't blown up, I will say uh, Terry McLaurin, um, top five wide receiver on the slate. I will take Logan Thomas outscores Terry McLaurin. <laughs> <laughs> you dick <laughs> you're taking an outside receiver against the Niners they're getting healthy I feel like oh, that's get the- out of here with your wide receiver quarterback matchups who cares all right and the last game on the slate which you should be playing the single game uh format there on FanDuel for Pittsburgh Buffalo 22.3 implied points for Pittsburgh 24.8 implied points for Buffalo over under a 47 in this one and and JJ just so you know if you pick the captain or the MVP rather for the FanDuel single game format uh, you can get a 10 pointer on that one so identify your MVP accordingly if you want to get the biggest boost yeah I'm going to do that and I'm going to go Cole Beasley oh Steelers he Steelers are terrible against slot guys. So I'm I'm just I'm rolling with that and going with Beasley. He had a what? huge game last week. I, I don't I don't like that just naturally. Gambler's fallacy, but chasing uh, Cole Beasley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chasing Cole Beasley has to be the worst move imaginable. But you know, you know what you're trying to do? You're trying to pander to Danny Amendola Twitter with that pick. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, Pete, were you gonna ask about your Cole Beasley showdown pick from the other day? No, what did I say? Because you picked him to be the sh- the the, sh- uh, the DraftKings showdown for, yeah, for did not he, the Fandle win. But yeah, no, he did. He wasn't the highest scoring guy. It was still Josh Allen, but he was the one who won on DraftKings. Nice. I'm really good yeah. at this. So, um, yeah, so good for you. So go ahead. Congrats, keep those nets up. But keep in mind, FanDuel totally different here with the MVP format where you don't yeah. get the price markup. Right. I'm going to say Chase Claypool, FanDuel captain. Let's go. All right. I'm going to go Ben Roethlisberger, the MVP on FanDuel this week, and he will be the one who, who thwarts that nefarious Cole Beasley on their side. That's... <laughs> That's yeah, I mean, like Ben Ben Roethlisberger is a way way better pick, but I got to be a little bit bold here. <laughs> hey, Cole, look, you you're right there. You're catering to the the slot receiver fans out yeah. there who are so voluminous on Twitter. Uh, JJ, give us the plugs again at Late Round QB. People can find all the information, all the content you're putting out, a ton of it, as well as all the great uh, d- different things that you're doing for Fanduel. Really a fun uh, little expansion there of the content empire you have. But what else should people be looking out for from you? Yeah, I got podcasts. So uh, living the stream, you probably don't want to subscribe to that one. And then the late round podcast, uh, which you can find anywhere podcasts can be found. I I think a nation waits in bated breath for your 106,974th tweet, JJ. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're waiting. They're waiting for it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for coming on. Uh, and I look forward to tallying up the results and realizing that you absolutely smashed us because I gave you 10 points for tasting hell on that one. <laughs> yeah, the better hit. That needs the hit. <laughs> but JJ came in to negotiate, which I feel like a lot of the guests don't do. You came in ready. You're like, is this a 10 pointer? And I mean, you know, you take advantage of our, our kindness, I think is the move. He yeah. sized us up, knew we'd, we'd cave like a sack of potatoes, and he was he correct. easy marks. He's just the carny here. <laughs> He's coming in to win our ride or die picks with no prize on the line. Oh, love it. Appreciate you guys, though. Right. Thank you, JJ. We appreciate it a bunch. All right. We'll see you, JJ. Bye. All right. So there goes JJ Zacharyson. Make sure to follow him at Late Round QB. We thank him a bunch for coming on. And PA, I think we actually did all our segments. So. <laughs> I know. I wasn't sure if you were going to, you know, close us out there with uh, JJ, but it seemed like you had something to tell me without <laughs> JJ here, just between you. Me and the listeners. So get it off your chest, Spags. Well, Pete, here's the thing. I want to confess my love to you, but the thing is that people haven't been leaving enough reviews on our Apple podcast wedding guest book. So I'm not feeling the love quite as much as I normally might today, Pete. But what could people do to help get the love back into our our, our stagnant relationship? I mean, 
we all need a spark, you know, uh, you know, we, uh, we're past the honeymoon phase We're we're in week 14, you know, Spags is sending me, you know, Brazilian porn, trying to get a spark in our relationship. He's like, look at how hard they bump their ass cheeks together on the dance floor. I'm like, it's not doing anything for me. So the least you can do is sign our guest book. Talk to us about your favorite Brazilian booty dance and uh, really reignite uh, our old flame here. The Sura de Bunda. Everybody, for your homework this week, we don't give out enough homework assignments. Make sure to read up the Wikipedia page of Sura de Bunda so you can know uh, what I was talking about and that it's not just me being a weirdo and talking about some sort of two girls, one cup scenario. Also, one thing which we didn't talk about because uh, Pete and I texted before the show, and I'm just going to bring it to the, the show real fast. It's where we're early. Where we're normally oh, yeah. around an hour 15, so we're going to call it quits early this week. But Pete, how many times did I say DraftKings points unintentionally? I think a fat zero in that one with JJ where JJ as a FanDuel guy, we knew coming in, we didn't want to say DraftKings points. No, I mean, I don't think JJ ultimately cares, oh, but it's, care, yeah. it's a it's a respectful a respectful thing to him. I said FanDuel captain, and he was he shot me a glare like, if you don't fucking <laughs> change it to FanDuel MVP, I will never do your show again. So like, was, I get it, I get it. They, they don't say showdown there either because that was one thing I learned when uh, the aforementioned Madden tournaments. It was uh, that one of the notes that we got in advance was like single game showdown, single game or single game format, not showdown because showdown oh. is purely DraftKings. But oh, that's I like a that, trademark term. Uh, I don't know if it's trademark, but it's just oh. like they they just have like a, a gentleman's agreement, I guess, where they just don't use the same things. But um, that the one thing that tripped me up though is the millionaire maker one because I know that Fanduel has a million dollar tournament, but I think it's like two hundred fifty guaranteed. So I don't know. Yeah, that I, they call yeah. it their milli, right? Though they're. I think yeah, because I think that's just what people expect. Like the yeah. casual players expect to see a milli, but but yeah, either way, I'm playing on Fanduel. I actually had a good little showing here because I got a voucher on Fanduel and was like, oh, that's right, I never play on Fanduel for NFL. And uh, I enjoy playing on FanDuel as much as any side. In fact, yeah, I play their uh, single entry in three max stuff uh, every week. It's it's fun to uh, to go because their salary cap is so much more loose mm-hmm. over there, so you can build like way better teams. You know, I'm having to put like KJ Hamler in on DraftKings, and then you go over to FanDuel and you're like, oh, I can get all good players in my lineup. Yeah, and an NBA is coming up soon too, and I do feel like for Fanduel, like you're choosing, it's less of a choose your own adventure like DraftKings is, and for Fanduel, I don't know where we're doing this Fanduel plugs, like we're justified, <laughs> but but I like I like Fanduel, and to me, it's one of those things where I just from a DFS perspective, like I've always been a DraftKings guy, but I when I play on Fanduel, I'm like I get why people like this more. I, I just can't. I'm too brand loyal. I think that's my issue. Yeah, and, I mean in general too, just like monopolies aren't good in any business, so <laughs> like we we need uh, good alternative providers here. Well, thank you guys for watching this week here on Splash Play. Thank you to JJ for coming on the show again. Make sure to follow him at at Late Round QB. Follow at Peter Overzet. Pete, any plugs you want to hit on here before we call it quits? No, just my usual. I'll be doing a, a DFS strategy video tomorrow at 12 on my channel. But please subscribe to the Splash Play channel. Subscribe. Leave us iTunes reviews. Save our marriage save it spags told me he'd leave us if we didn't get a thousand youtube subs and i was like please don't i sent you uh my, my bindle my homeless person bindle <laughs> stick with it and i was like i'm gonna go pete i swear no, <laughs> no don't. i'll have the people follow i'll have them subscribe <laughs> i'll try harder i'll plug better <laughs> Uh, yeah, follow us. Follow at Chris Spags. I'll be doing the Live Before Locks show Sunday for Awesomeo. And uh, yeah, just keep, we appreciate the support a bunch here. Honestly, it's nice to see the engagement grow. We passed, I think, 400 subs on YouTube, which, you know, is not the biggest number, but for us, you know, the engagement's really high. We 
we like the, the little community that we're building here. So, um, you know, thank you to all you guys out there for helping us grow and continue to feel like we're doing something here with this show. So we'll be back Sunday night after Sunday night football, and uh, we'll hopefully win some money and be less tilted than this past week. So thank you guys for watching.